good morning, everybody. It is so good to see all of your great faces out here this morning. And all of you watching online, you're missing these beautiful faces, but we are so glad uh, that you're watching live wherever you're watching from, whenever you're watching this too. So glad you're taking advantage of that. Uh, and if you could come see us, man, come join us as soon as you can or come back to us because isn't it true? This is a great place to be, everybody. Isn't that true? It's just an awesome place to be. In the name of Jesus, we're so glad to be here together today. And welcome uh, to week number two of a, ser a series that we're calling Pray Like. And I'm really excited to get into the message today. But before we do that, real quick, I want to get us caught up a little bit uh, on what's going on, what's happening here uh, at River Ridge. And so last week, uh, along with this series in prayer uh, that we did, we also kicked off what we're calling uh, a season of praying uh, for us as a church, where we are just intentionally looking in on our prayer lives with a little bit more of a focus and emphasis just to see what God could do, to see God move the needle a little bit uh, in our lives. And so just to get after, taking the month of October and just getting after it from as many angles uh, as we can. So, so we're in a series talking about uh, praying. We're, we're also, all of our groups who are, who are uh, a group, we're, we're in another series, we're kind of watching a video series on praying, talking about different things in prayer in our groups. And last week we were here, we gave you prayer guides to kind of get you lined up with what's happening over the next four weeks. Last week starting that and week of prayer, uh, night of worship, all that stuff. We gave prayer sheets and, and really we're doing all of this not to just overload you with a bunch of stuff, but uh, we just want to Amplify this spiritual discipline of praying just for a season, just for a little bit, uh, and see God move. Just see God move. See God do uh, some amazing things, some powerful things, answer some prayers that we have. And we just believe God will show up if we believe uh, that He will, right? Amen to that. We just believe He will show up. And so, uh, one of the things that we did last week, too, was uh, if you were here, we also gave you, gave you an opportunity to actually write down a prayer. To just take a minute, we gave everybody a minute at the end just to take a prayer that you may have been praying for a long time or maybe it's a prayer for your family, pray for your marriage, uh, pray for you and whatever that was that you want to see God do or, or maybe God change or, or maybe just that, that you want to see God be uh, involved in, whatever that was. And the response of that was amazing. There were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of you who took the time to write down a prayer. And, and so I, I pray a lot on what to do with those. And so I wasn't sure. And, uh, but I've, here, here's what I uh, landed on as, as I thought about this. I just think there's nothing better to do than what we're going to do. So uh, if you see out there in the lobby there, you, you see we have all your prayers on a display there and on a table. Uh, and and here's, what, here's what I want to do. Uh, I don't want us just to go look and see all the prayers, which I think you should. I think you should see some of these prayers because I'm telling you, they were just, there's so many things that you guys are praying for, so many powerful things that we want to see God do and intervene in. Uh, and there's just all kinds of different things going on. But I, not just so that you see them, but, but here's what I want us to do. I want every single person here, and uh, we did it in the first service, I want everybody here uh, who's a praying person uh, to be active, not passive in this, but active in this. So I want you to go out there and I want you to take someone's prayer today. I want you to take somebody's prayer card and I want you to personally own somebody's prayer that they wrote down or they're still writing down today and, and just say, okay, I'm gonna own this. I don't know who this person is, God. I don't know what this situation is, but I'm gonna pray over what they are looking for, what they want uh, in this prayer. And I just want you to do that during the season. Let's see what God does. Let's see God answer some of those prayers, okay? Uh, and by the way, it's already happening. There are answers already happening with some of the prayers that started last week. Just this week, I heard of two big prayers that were answered. One of the prayers that I heard, it was amazing. Uh, it was something that somebody was praying over years. They were praying for this for years. And on Sunday, they, they decided to invite somebody in on that. And God answered it on Monday, everybody. Come on now. Isn't that amazing? He answered on Monday. That's just amazing uh, to see. It's just, it's just unreal. So awesome. So gang, I have a feeling about it. I just, I don't know, man. I have a feeling that by the end of this series, uh, I just think most of us or a lot of us are going to come to this conclusion. We're just going to be so convinced that prayer is just way more powerful than anything else we can do. Uh, and it can bring God's peace and presence in our lives more than anything else we can do. I just believe it. It's just a, such a powerful thing. And by taking one of those prayers, it's going to be a powerful thing for somebody to know, hey man, I got somebody praying that for me. 
I got somebody, I wrote that down, somebody's praying for that. And also to say, no, now I can actually pray for someone else as well. And so I just want us to, to do that. So make sure you go out there and do it, okay? I just think it's gonna be amazing. And um, I did it already. Uh, so here's the one that I took. And I'm just, gonna say, I'm just gonna pray over this because this says that somebody's praying for their mom to quit smoking, everybody. And so I'm taking this. And I don't know if you're out there. You might be out there. You might be sweating right now. But your pastor's gonna pray for this, mom. All right, wherever you are, take, take your last puffs because in Jesus' name, it is gonna be lifted. Amen, everybody. Come on now. You're gonna be released from that. So your son, your daughter, and your pastor's praying. So I'm telling you, puff it up because it's, be, it's gonna happen. It's gonna be over, right? Make them count. Make them count because by the end of the series, I think a mom's gonna come up here and say, I quit smoking. And then I just think it's going to happen. Okay. Grab a prayer. Don't be rifling around. Just take one, whatever it is. They're all important. Okay. Take one, pray over that. All right. We got to get moving. We're going to run out of time. All right. So go ahead and grab your Bibles uh, and open them up to Joshua chapter six. That's where we're going to be uh, this morning. Joshua chapter six. Last week, uh, we started out this series by looking into the prayer life of a guy named Daniel and found some really amazing things that we could take from Daniel's life. Cause what we found out is Daniel wasn't an extraordinary person. He was a regular person, but he believed in everybody an extraordinary God. And so we just said, hey, we could take some of those things and just put them in uh, to our own prayer life. So Daniel was such a challenging thing, but we could also find things from his life that we could just bring on in, okay? But today, uh, we're gonna kind of take a different look at prayers, and we're gonna be talking about something that I think a lot of people wonder about or a lot of people have going on. And we're gonna look at some reasons why prayers stop short or why sometimes our prayers fall flat. I think that's a major factor uh, in so many people's lives and, and as they pray about things or circumstances in their life. So we're just gonna take a look at that, okay? Uh, now I'm gonna set the stage real quick on what's going on before we get into Joshua chapter 6, where we're at in God's story. So what's going on is about 600,000 people right now in this point in this story are being led from Egypt. Uh, they were slaves in Egypt for hundreds and hundreds of years, and now they're being uh, led through a desert to the promised land, a promised land that God said, I'm gonna bring you into this promised land. I'm gonna get you out, and I'm gonna bring you into this promised land. And these people are the Israelites. They're God's people, uh, and they're being led by a guy named Moses, and he's leading this. And so they're on this journey from Egypt to this promised land, and they're, they're on this journey for 40 years. All right, now, Really, I want you to really let that set in for a second, 40 years. Just think about how long that is. I want to say it because it's going to help us a little bit as we look into this story uh, in the book of Joshua. But here's how I think about this. I'm 41 years old. And I think about this, that's my whole life. Like if I, minus one year, all I know is wandering in the desert and, and, and taking that long. Gang, 40 years is a long time to get to a promise, isn't it? It's a long, long time. Uh, but here's what I want us to see. It's so important um, to understand because here's the thing. Here's what we got to understand. It wasn't supposed to be 40 years, everybody. It wasn't supposed to take 40 years. So I want to look at this real quick. So if you want to, if you have your Bibles, you can flip to Deuteronomy chapter one real quick. You don't have to. We're going to jump there really quick, but you can flip there real quick. Uh, so here's what's going on. So God took the people out of Egypt. Okay, this is in the book of Exodus and he takes them out and, and he says, okay, here's what he told them. I'm going to get you out of there and I'm going to bring you in to this amazing place. And so what everybody says is after years of slavery, they say, let's roll. I'm in, God, let's go. Let's move. Let's get this done. Uh, now check this out because I think this is very, very insightful. And this is in Deuteronomy chapter one. I'm going to read the first verse to us and then we're going to see verse two and three uh, uh, on the screen there here's what it says it says these are the words that Moses spoke to all Israel beyond the Jordan in the wilderness uh, in the Arabah opposite Sup between Paran Tophel Laban Hazaroth and Dizahab now here we go verse two here's what it says for those people it's 11 days journey everybody say 11 days 11 days journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea in the 40th year Okay, so let's stop. Let's, let's stop right now. Okay, because I want to take a look at this. So we just read 
where it said it was supposed to take them 11 days to get to the promised land. And then the next thing we see is in the 40th year. That's crazy. Now, I'm gonna let you in a little something about myself. I've not always been a pastor, okay? I don't know if you knew this. I actually have a degree in engineering, all right? Now, trust me when I tell you this as an engineer, that there's a little difference, a little bit of a difference between 11 days and 40 years, everybody. Trust me when I tell you that as an engineer, okay? It's amazing, and this is important. This is really important to understand with where we're going today in our lives and what causes us to get stuck in our prayers, what causes us to lose pursuit of God in our lives. Stay with me here because here's what I'm gonna tell you. God was ready to give it to him in 11 days. You hear me, everybody? Like God was ready to do it. I don't think God uh, wasn't ready for that. He, he wanted them to be there in 11 days, but they ended up in the wilderness for 40 years, okay? Think about this. And they were probably circling all, like it wasn't that big of a land to take 40 years. You gotta think about this. So they were circling and circling. They were probably coming across places that they, that they knew, and they're like, man, I, I slept on that rock. I'm pretty sure I remember that rock, right? And they just kept circling and circling, okay? And you have to catch this, gang. This is what we really gotta catch before we get into this message today. It took them 40 years, not because God wasn't ready for them to get into the promised land, because they weren't ready to receive it. You hear me? They weren't ready to get it. They lost sight. They lost pursuit of God, and it held them back from getting what God wanted them to have in 11 days. I hope this is speaking. I think this is speaking to somebody today. And I think for us, like for so many Christians, this is what happens in our lives. Here's the truth. We are all going to have a wilderness in our life. We're all gonna have these wildernesses, these, these dry lands that we gotta walk through in our lives. We're gonna have them in our physical life. We're gonna have them in our emotional life. We're gonna have them, yes, and also in our prayer life. It's gonna happen. But I just think what happens for so many of us is we end up staying in the wilderness way longer than we ever should instead of actually receiving the promise God has for us to get out. You hear me? We just don't receive it because we just keep ourselves. And when that happens, here's what happens. It just jacks us up. When we stay in that winter, it's longer than we should. It messes us up a little bit. We start to lose focus. We start to lose pursuit. And what happens is we actually end up in these loops of allowing our circumstances driving our path instead of God. Anybody tracking? Anybody tracking with that? That's what's going on. Hear this today. Somebody needs to hear this today. God's plan. God is here. He's here to get you in his presence and in his promise, not keep you away from them, okay? Anybody believe that in here today? Anybody believe that? That's what he's all about. That's what he wants to do. So, so we need today to look and see what gets us stuck, what gets in the way, especially in our prayer lives, and find ways to persevere today. So that's what we're gonna do. That's what this story in Joshua is gonna help us understand. We're not just gonna see what gets us held back. We're gonna look and see how do we persevere? How do we get through this, all right? So, so back to the story. We're caught up. 40 years goes by, and now they're right at the doorstep. There's only a river separating uh, them between where they've been for 40 years and where they're supposed to be. Uh, and so Moses, right there before they cross the river, Moses, the leader, dies. Uh, and then all of a sudden the leadership changes to a guy named Joshua, okay? And so God tells Joshua in chapter one with 600,000 people behind him, he goes, you got this. The land is yours. Don't worry. Uh, be bold. Be courageous. Cross the river. And whenever you set foot, wherever you set foot, that land is gonna be yours, okay? It's all yours. And so they enter into this. The, uh, a miracle happens. God splits the river just like he did uh, the Red Sea and they cross over and for the first time listen in 40 years they finally get there they're like oh my goodness this is it okay and it's amazing and they start to settle in but it doesn't take very long before they actually find out that they're not alone that this land that God promised them is actually occupied uh, by some enemies and so now they realize instead of relaxing they got to fight okay so they have to conquer a land that they already had that's already theirs which has to be frustrating after 40 years everybody right like they're like come on it's been 40 years we got to fight well I thought I was gonna be able to relax or something and isn't that what gets to us sometimes isn't that it? Like where we're like, okay, God, I'm gonna take this step of faith. I'm gonna believe and I'm gonna try. Okay, I took the step and now it's like, really? And then there's another barrier. There's another hurdle that I have to take, really? And, and so this is where they're at too. 
This is where they are, right? And so they, they step in, and then they see this big fortified city called Jericho. All right, now we're going to read this story, starting in verse 1 of Joshua 6, and see a little bit about this, and then we'll talk for a minute. We're going to read the story a little bit. Here's what it says. It says, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. They heard about the story of them crossing the Jordan River. They're like, man, that's crazy. So no one was allowed to go in or out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king and all its strong warriors. Now here's what you're going to do. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. Okay, that's weird. Is that a little weird or is it just me? Is it just me? Okay, so you got to imagine like Joshua here in this, all right? So God tells Joshua, okay, you got this. It's going to be epic. Here's what's going to happen, okay? I'm giving you the city. It's all yours, and here's how it's going down. Tell your guys, all right, tell your guys to march around the city and blow their trumpets and yell. Don't fight. Yell, and you're going to win. It's going to be awesome, all right? And so Joshua's like, okay. Okay, I just want to make sure that I got this straight. Like, you want me to tell my best guys, my best men, not to get their swords out, to get their band gear on, and go have a pep rally, and we're going to march around, like, like, you know, playing their horn, and, and not to fight, but to, to yell, and then the walls are going to, I just want to make sure I heard that straight, and God was like, did I stutter? Yes, that's what I said, right? And, and so, and this is where they're at, right? That's pretty out there, like, get, right? That's not a military strategy, and gang, I think that's the point. I think that's the point. God, he already said you got the victory. You, you've already got it. So I don't think God wanted them to go in with force. He wanted to know if they'd go in with faith. Anybody hear me? Like he wanted them to go in with faith. He knew you already got I don't want to see what your level of faith is. I don't want to see how strong you are because I already told you I want it for you, okay? Um, and, I, and I don't think he wanted them to do it uh, to, to look silly. I think there are probably a lot more reasons why they had to march the way they did with the ark in front of them and all the horns. There's a lot of meaning behind that. But here's what I want to see for us. It's an insight if you're taking notes. It's the first insight that I come across. Uh, and it's something for, for us to think about if you're taking notes. It's this. Is, am I willing to follow God no matter what? Am I willing, am I willing to take a step of faith even if, if I might look a little silly? Where's my level of faith with God? Am I willing to say yes to God in situations where, where we look a little foolish? Are we willing to stick our necks out for our faith even though it might look a little funny to everybody else? Are we willing to say what no one else is saying? Or are we willing to not say what everybody else is saying? Are we willing, are we willing even in our prayer lives, to look a little awkward? because of the importance we place on prayer, that we believe in the power of praying. And it doesn't matter who, what, when, where, why. We're just gonna be praying people, even if we look a little foolish in how we pray. See, that's what, that's what he was trying to say. So Joshua, so Joshua gets this, right? And he relays this to his people. He goes, okay, everybody here, city is ours. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna get the ark of God. We're gonna march around the city, get our horns. We're gonna do this. Uh, and that's all he tells him. He doesn't tell him how long or anything like that from what I read. Uh, and then this is what he tells him in verse 10. I love this. This is what he says to him in verse 10. He goes, all right, don't even talk. Don't shout. Like, don't even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout, then shout. So the ark of the Lord was carried around the town once that day, and then everyone returned to spend the night at the camp, okay? 
So he says, don't shout, don't even talk, don't, don't even say anything to anybody, okay, until I give the signal. So they do it, right, they do it, they get up, day one, they, they march around the town, they march around the city, they look up at the walls, and, and then they just, and then they go, he goes, great job, go home. And they get up the next day, and he gets them to go, he goes, all right, we're going to march around. So they march around the town, they look up at the walls, and they, they don't say anything, they don't yell anything, and Joshua goes, okay, great job, go back to camp. Now, if you're like me, uh, and you would, if you put yourself in that story, I don't know if it's day two, probably day three for sure, where I'd be like, okay, man, this is silly. Like, nothing's happening. We're walking around, and there's not one thing that's going on, right? It's, I don't feel like it's working. Nothing's changing. And they keep looking at these huge walls, wondering, how is this uh, going to get us into the city, okay? And again, like, this is is just like our prayer life sometimes. I mean, because how, how is praying really going to change anything, really? Like, all I'm doing is just saying words. How is it, nothing's really changing. All I'm doing is just saying things. Nothing's really, I don't feel like it's working. So, so let's look at this for a second, because in this story, I'm going to find some things. We're going to find three things, three reasons why people get stuck in our prayers. And here's the first one. Is I get stuck because I can't see past the walls. That's why we get stuck in our prayers, because we can't see past the walls. So I want to... Um, I want to get a picture of these walls. Here, this is really important for us to understand what the walls. So here's what the walls kind of look like. So uh, this is what they were staring at. And back then, this was like a, an amazing like feat of engineering. So the retaining wall would be where they would start. And so the retaining wall would be about 12 feet high. Uh, and then on top of that retaining wall, uh, they would have a six foot wide uh, by about 25 foot uh, high uh, wall as well on top of that. Okay, so basically what they would be looking at is the equivalent of like a four story building on the first floor. And it was also in a tier system on a hill. So above that 40 foot structure would be another structure that they could see tipping out over the first wall. So that's kind of what they were looking at. That's what they would be seeing when they would look at these walls. And so every day they would march around looking at these walls and how colossal they are. Like how intimidating they were. And I wonder if Joshua was with them and he just remembered what God said and he was trying to be like, what do I do? How do I, what do I say to them? And they kept looking at the walls. And I just wonder if he was like, hey, listen, everybody. Hey, listen, I know what it looks like. I know those walls, like what they look. I know, like I know they look intimidating, but don't forget God. Like don't forget, like don't focus on the walls. Don't do it. I know it's easy to do that. Don't let the walls be your perspective. Let God's promise help you see past the walls. I think that's what he would probably say. That's what I would have said if I were him. I think for us, in our prayer life, like that our problems are like the wall. And I think what, what happens is it's so easy to get stuck on just looking at the problem. Anybody? It's so easy just to look at that and that's all I can see. And so we get stuck just looking at the problem and it's just so big or it's just so hard. And here's what I think happens is, is we just start praying about the problem but not really praying through God's promises in our life and we lose sight of where victory really is. We lose sight of God if we just look at our problems. And if all you can see is the problem and not God, then your perspective, everybody, will never change. It'll never change off that problem. And I don't, I don't think that, I really, and I don't think we get stuck because of the problem. I don't think it is. I think it, most Christians, over time, or I don't know how long it would take, but I think most Christians would logically end up concluding with whatever problem is that they would say, no, God's bigger than that problem. I, I know that. God is bigger than whatever problem. So I don't think that's where we get stuck. Here's where I think we get stuck, everybody. I think we get stuck if we don't have things in place to help us continually see that God is bigger than our problems. I think that when we get stuck by, left on our own devices, we're not gonna remember, we're gonna forget that God is bigger than our problems and we can't see past them. So, so in because I don't know if you notice this, but I know for me, I need a little help being rem to remember. I don't know about you. I just need help to, to be reminded that God is bigger. I need continual uh, reminding of that in my own life. I think we all need help there. That's why, that's why I think coming to church here is so huge. I think coming here, like, you got here today, way to go. I think, I think it's, it means a lot more than you ever think just by coming here. Because I think coming here, uh, there's just something about it. 
There's something about coming here together and being in a group of people who are just praising God together. There's just something about being here and hearing God's word and letting God speak to you that's unique to any other thing that we can do. I really believe that. I, I honestly believe that. Being here and having church and doing church, like it, it has a way of getting our eyes off of our problems and lifting them up to see God, to see past the walls, to see past the problems, doesn't it? I mean, anybody, anybody know that? I mean, that's why we come. And we look around, and then the other thing is we get to look around, and we get to say, no, hey, I'm not alone. Like, I'm not marching by myself. Like, yeah, there's walls there, but there's other people marching about around walls too. So we're not gonna get intimidated by our problems. We're gonna be shoulder to shoulder in this together, praising God and lifting our eyes up to him. And we're gonna be reminded, we're not just gonna look at God, our problems. We're gonna look at God's presence in our lives. Amen, everybody? So I'm gonna just, I'm gonna keep marching, right? I'm gonna keep going, keep coming here. And, and I'm, it's just coming here is so huge. It's so huge. It does way more than you think. And, and it's why we push groups so hard too. Why we push community so hard because we need to be putting things to, to help us continue continually remember that God is way bigger than anything else. So we get stuck when we can't see past the walls. And if we don't put things in place to help us remember, God is bigger than those. And here's another reason why we get stuck. It's because my progress isn't always obvious. My progress is in, in praying. My, sometimes my progress is just, in, right? It's hard to keep going when you just don't see any progress being made, right? In the summer, uh, I did, uh, when I, I had a sabbatical uh, over the summer, so I decided to get a little bit more physically fit. Uh, that was one of my goals, and so I decided, okay, I'm going to put a triathlon on the calendar. I'm gonna, so I did a triathlon. I used to do a lot of triathlons, uh, but this was the first triathlon that I did in seven years, and so I had to train really hard. I had to get ready for it, uh, and this was a little different of a race than what I was used to because the races I used to do, uh, you would swim and then bike and then run. Uh, that was a triathlon, but this one was a little different. You would run, and then you would boat. You would actually kayak, uh, and then you would bike, okay? Uh, and the problem is I didn't want to even have a boat. I didn't have a kayak or anything, so I had to borrow a boat. And so a friend of mine, Jason Heger, who, who's here, he gave me a boat, uh, and it wasn't anything spectacular or anything special. He's special, but the boat wasn't special. Uh, it was a 10-foot, like, kayak. And so I got the boat, and I was like, all right, I'm ready. And so the day of the race comes, and I go. Uh, you had to drop off your boat to this dock area or whatever on the race. And I remember look, stopping and looking around, and I had this 10-foot kayak. And I look around at these boats. There are boats there that were longer than this stage, everybody. I'm like, what is going on? They were so streamlined along I couldn't it, it was like the equivalent of me going to a drag race in my 99 Camry okay like that's what it I was like this is bad this is really bad uh and so I was I got a little bummed out I'm like all right so this, the race started on a run and I started running I was feeling really good I was in a really good position actually on the run I was like really doing well and then I get in the boat and, and I get in the water and I just start, man. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I'm moving, I'm moving. And I'm like, all right, man, I'm making progress. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, and so I'm doing it. And then all of a sudden, this dude, who I should have been crushing, uh, just comes right beside me in this long boat. And he goes, zing, right past me with one stroke. And I'm like, ga, 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 ga. And I can't even keep up with him. And then I look over, I'm, this is so true. I look over and I just see on the banks of the river this elderly couple walking faster than I'm going in the boat. <laughs> It was so deflating. I couldn't, I was like this. And here's the other thing. I, I, it was a four-mile boat. I had no idea where I was. I had no idea if I had three miles left. I had no idea. And there was nobody going, you got it, three miles to go. I was just, I, I didn't think I was ever going to finish. I was like, I'm going to be here till glory. Like, I just didn't think it was going to happen, right? <laughs> Doesn't it always feel good to know you're making progress, everybody? That's what I'm trying to say. Anybody? Where you just feel like you're just actually getting something done. You're advancing on something a little bit. It just gives you a boost, doesn't it? And in the opposite, true where you feel like you're spinning your wheels, isn't it just deflating sometimes? Am I the only one or does everybody agree with me? It's just, you know? So I think about these people. I think about them walking around this city 
And a couple of things we don't realize, a couple of things that we need to understand about the city. I want to give us a, a view of this city. This is what the city kind of looked like. This is what the uh, scholars think it looks like. Now, here's the thing about Jericho, which we understand. We think about this big city, but here's how big Jericho was. It wasn't, that, it wasn't that big of a city. It only covered about 10 acres all the way around. That's about what it covered, 10 acres. And how long it took to walk around 10 acres, here's what, it, even if you had armor on, few hours max. That's how long it would take. It would take a few hours to walk all the way around, even with like heavy, heavy armor, okay? And so you gotta think about it. So they would just walk around for a few hours and then be done. That was it. That was their day. And you go, go back to camp. And then they wake up and, and the next day, march for an hour or two, and then the next day, and then the next day. And here's the thing, with every lap they did, there wasn't anyone going out there going, day two, yeah, you got it. Nothing. All they had was these walls and they, nothing was changed. And here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. They didn't know how long they were going to be doing this. And here's the other one. Like, it's not like a part of the wall collapsed with every lap they made. There was just nothing, right? There was nothing. They're like, I mean, there's no, we can't even say, oh, man, there's, there's some progress that we made. And it's like, throw me a bone, man. Help me see something. Anyone with me on that? Like, that's just what I would feel like. Anybody feel like they just need, need a bone throw to them a little bit every now and then? Like in parenting? Like, oh, my goodness, amen to that in parenting. Don't we just need a little encouragement in there? That we're made? Wouldn't it be great if you, for you parents, wouldn't it be great if your, if your kid came up to you one day and said, hey, Dad, you know, I just want to let you know, you're making really good progress with me. <laughs> I'll be like... I would just, I would pass out. I'd be out cold for a day. They'd be like, what happened to dad? They said he was making progress with me. I don't know, you know, like, but, but like, right? Like, but we just, we just look and we're like, is anything happening with his son? Like, I don't want to lose this boy. Like, I don't understand. Um, but here's what you know, parents. Here's what you know. Come with me. Come with me. Here's what you know. You know this. You know in parenting that progress isn't always seen, but it's always there. It's not always seen, but it's always there, especially when you look back and you see where they are today. You're like, no, 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 I know we're making progress. Gang, this is so huge when it comes to our prayer life. You have to understand that the progress being made a lot of times is progress you can't see, but it's there. Trust me, believe it, it's there. Every day you get up and pray, it's there. Even though you might not see it, every day you get up and pray, it's there. Progress is made every time you take a step in faith. Even though you might not say that you see it, it's there. And those walls are weakening even if you don't see it. Amen, everybody? Those walls are weakening. Every day you do that, there's progress being made. Maybe somebody in here needs to hear this today. I mean, God is so powerful. You know that? He could change your life. He can change so many things in your life. He can make a difference. And so our faith tells us, our looking back at what God has already done tells us, hey man, no, I'm gonna keep marching. I'm gonna keep going and believe that progress is being made and that change is on the horizon if we just keep marching. Amen, everybody? We gotta just keep marching, okay? Because if we don't understand the progress that, that's being made sometimes that we can't see, then it's gonna go into the third thing that gets us stuck and it's because it's gonna be easy to stop on day six. I'm gonna get to that in a minute with a story, but it's, it's so easy to stop on day six. So here's the thing about this story we're in. We gotta, we gotta realize a few things again. And I made sure, I read this a, a, a couple times over just to make sure that I understood like the context of this story. But here's what you gotta catch with this story and what Joshua knew and what they knew. See, there's nowhere in there. So, so God tells Joshua the whole thing. You're gonna do this six days, once around, and then on the seventh day, you're gonna do seven times and all that stuff. But when we see Joshua relaying this people, he does not tell them how long they're gonna be doing this. They have no idea. I don't read anywhere where he says how many days they're doing this. This is very important because they don't know, gang. They have no idea. And there's nothing for six days. You hear me? Nothing. There's no sign. There's not anything to point to. There's nothing to hang their hat on. But here's what I want us to see. This is amazing. I want to see what happens on day seven. So let's read this, day seven. Verse 15, it says, on the, so six days of just the same, the same. And on the seventh day, 
On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn, and I want to see these words, and marched around the town as they had done before, okay? I want everybody to say this with me, but this time, say this time, this time. Not on day one, not on day three, not day six time. No, no, on this time, on day seven, they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priest sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the town. Verse 20, here's what he says. It says, when the people heard the sound of the ram's horns on day seven, not on day six, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly, on day seven, the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into the town and they captured it. Do you know what... what what would have happened if they would have stopped on day six? Day seven never would have happened, everybody. If they, and you know how easy it would have been for them to stop on day six? Way easier than I would even give myself credit to keep going. You know, I looked at myself and I put myself in that story. I'm like, how easy would it be to stop on day six? But if they stopped, day seven would never happen. Gang, we can't give up on day six. You hear me? We can't give up on the hope that we have. We gotta keep moving forward and knowing that God can do some things. And, we, and I know it's easy to stop on day six. You know why I know it's easy? Because I've done it before. I've done it before. There have been things in my life, there have been prayers that I prayed, that I've been there in my prayers where I feel like nothing's going on. I feel like I'm marching on my own. I feel like nothing's happening, but we can't just give up hope. You know why, everybody? We can't give up on a God who's never given up on us, amen? We can't do it. We just can't give up on a God who's never given up on us. Jesus points to hope every single time. Jesus points to how much God is for us and how much he will never, ever give up on our prayers and keep falling short, and we just gotta keep finding our purpose. We can't let him fall short, so we keep hope no matter how it looks, no matter how we feel, and no matter with whatever we face most of you know um, that I took a sabbatical over the summer and I'm so thankful that you guys let me do that to take a summer and just uh, focus on some things that, that I believe God wanted me to focus on at that time and I mean I just never really took a break from from being a, just doing this and for 10 years leading a church with Chad and uh, and then you know with Tim and Blair coming on board with it it's just been it was a lot and so I, was, I took a sabbatical for a little bit of time and, uh, and it was, I was able to ask some hard questions I feel like God wanted me to ask some hard questions in there uh, about pretty much everything and maybe for the first time I was able to do it like just distraction free uh, and man he just showed me so much he just showed me so much and, and I found refreshment because the thing that I came down to, which I understood, I understood this before I got into it, but like I, I was, I was really, uh, I was burned out. I was really burned out. And so he brought me refreshment. He brought me uh, some things just to fill that bucket back up. But uh, during that time, uh, one of the things that he showed me is something I want to share with you all. Just, he just, I just feel like I need to share this because I think it speaks so much into this uh, area of prayer life. And uh, he gave me a verse over the summer that actually wasn't even supposed to be a verse I was supposed to read. I actually stumbled on it. Um, but now it's my go-to verse in my life. And it just, and it happened in a time, I, I can't even explain it unless I talk to you for an hour about it, but it happened in a time where I just, I was actually supposed to read Hebrews 12, and I ended up uh, by accident reading Hebrews 10, and it was like God was just grabbing me uh, in that moment, and it spoke to me so clear, and maybe it will for someone here today. Here's what it says. It's in Hebrews 10, 35. It says, so don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember, Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then, then, on day six, then you'll receive all that he has promised. Listen, here's what I'm gonna tell you and then we'll be done. There's gonna be wilderness. 
believe it. There's gonna be dry times in your spiritual life, in your prayer life, where you're not gonna feel like your prayers are being answered. You're gonna feel like, man, like I feel like I'm the only one praying this. I feel like I'm the only one going after this. Or you feel like, man, I prayed this a thousand times and nothing is happening. Here's what I'm gonna tell you, gang. Nobody knows. Nobody knows when God's gonna answer. God can answer on hour two, day seven, year five. We don't know when God can answer, but he could do it. And and here's the question. The question uh, isn't when he's gonna answer, but here's the question. Well, I trust God no matter what. Am I going to trust him? Am I going to trust him not, not to stop on day 1,000, but say, you know, here goes day 1,001, God. And you know what? Day 1,002 is going to be tomorrow. I'm not even going to question it. Can we trust God where we do that? Because we know, we know, we know that praying goes beyond whatever we're even currently praying for, everybody. Like it just does something even beyond what we're even praying for. And that, that we pray because we refuse to accept the way things are. And we believe God has a plan to get us out. And so we don't stop on day six. We see progress for what it is. And we move forward, we march forward shoulder to shoulder with each other to say, no, no, I got a bunch of people around me who are gonna keep praying too. And so we do it with God no matter what. Amen, everybody? All right, man, let's pray, let's pray. I wanna just give you a moment. Last week, uh, a lot of you commented on how powerful it was just to have a moment. So I'm just gonna ask you to bow your heads and in light of this message of where you're at in your prayer life just to maybe respond to God a little bit right now. Just give God some time here and where you're at with, with how your prayer life is. Just give God a minute. that somebody's given you right now. And we believe it. 
We just believe it in faith that you can do things through us in whatever we're going through. So help us to remember your promises. We love you. And we pray for all of this uh, in Jesus' awesome name. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, don't forget. Don't forget to go out there and get a prayer. So important. Grab a prayer card. Don't be, don't be pillaging around. Okay, just grab whatever is there. Don't, there's no better prayer. And mom, I got you, man. Take your life. I'm telling you. In the name of Jesus, you're done, all right? We'll see you next Sunday, everybody.